0: Happy Tuesday. Welcome to The Fifth Thing. I'm Amy. And I'm Kat. And today's quote is, Why is my chest breaking out in hives and turning bright red and itchy so bad right now? <laughs> that quote is from me. <laughs> like literally in the last five minutes that Kat and I have been on Zoom, we're on Zoom right now because of the snow ice situation in Nashville and Kat has barely left her house. And so her coming over this last weekend didn't make much sense. We've been talking on Zoom before we hit record. And in a matter of minutes, I had to rip my sweater off and unbutton my button down. And then you see this red rash situation happening. You keep itching it too. It's probably yeah. to get better. I feel like diagnose me with something right now, Kat. <laughs> I wish I could. Lucky for me, I am going to the doctor tomorrow. I don't know that this has anything to do with it, but I have had an appointment for months on the books to get all my blood work done and hormone stuff done. Because I don't know, I am either waiting for my period and being like, "Where? why is it not here? What the heck is happening? It's so late. Or I'm like, wait, what? My period's already back. It was just here four days ago. Like <laughs> that is where I am right now. Yeah. And so I'm ready to go to the doctor to get that done. Do you have any thoughts on that as a therapist?
1: Getting you your hormones checked or your chest breaking out? <laughs>
0: I don't know, is my uh, chest rash, is it manifesting from somewhere else? Do I have like something going on and like now it's, you know, body keeps the score. Actually, I have felt pretty great until like today and mm. I feel not normal. My brain isn't working that well. <laughs> I found myself just staring in conversations that I'm having and has anybody ever experienced this? Kat, have you?
1: Where you just stare and you have nothing to say? Well, so you could be talking about so many different things. You could talk about being exhausted. You could you could be talking about having brain fog. You could just, it could be so many things. But I think we've all had moments where we are just, our eyes are glazing over and we think to ourselves, where am I?
0: Yeah, Stevenson just looked into my eyes. I was downstairs in the kitchen and he looked at me and he goes, mom, your eyes are so red. And I'm rested. That's the thing. I got rest this last weekend. I feel okay, except for I feel totally not okay.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to ask, what did you do with the snow days? Well,
0: once I finished work Friday, I didn't leave my house Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Monday was the first day I left my house.
1: Okay. Because of a choice or you couldn't get out?
0: I mean, I went into the backyard <laughs> for like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to drive in the yeah. ice and the snow. So anyway, there is a real quote. It's not for me and, and my chest. It's from Brene Brown and it's short and sweet and it's choose discomfort over resentment. Mm-hmm. And I saw this post that she had put up on Instagram talking about how she has a way that she checks in with herself before she makes a decision to do something. And so if she needs to set a boundary somewhere or whatnot. She calls it her boundary ring. And what she does is she spins her wedding ring around on her finger three times before she answers any request so that she doesn't immediately agree to something that she doesn't want to do. And so I thought, oh, well, that's awesome. Maybe for other people, it may not be, you know, a three ring spin, but it might be, you know, I tap my foot five times and then bump my shoulders three (laughs) and then do the hunky pokey. And then and then make a decision. I I don't know, but I thought that was great. That's like an easy thing is if you wear that or if you've got like a watch on, maybe you take your watch off and then you put your watch back on or you find something to do that gives you a beat Mm
1: -hmm. before
0: you impulsively answer with an answer that you don't really want, which in turn could lead to resentment towards a person or a situation. And ultimately, it'll keep us from saying yes when we mean no.
1: And that way we don't regret it. Question. So let's say I do that, turn my ring or I do the hokey pokey, and then I agree to do something. What happens if I change my mind?
0: I think that it depends the type of relationship, right? Because if it's a work commitment and people are relying on you or something like that, or if someone needs a ride somewhere and they're literally relying on you like a friend and then you have to change that or it's something that's really special to them and they paid for you to be there in a way because you've said yes, then it's like, oh, I feel like we would ideally like to be people that are known as being accountable or reliable, sorry, reliable is the word. And then if you have a friend, like I think our relationship if you needed to back out of something, I would totally understand that maybe something was going on. Maybe you had a rash on your chest and you felt like you couldn't do anything and you felt crazy and your eyes are glazed over and your your brain is mush and you feel like you'll just be staring at the wall. Then I think I would understand if you needed to share that with me. I mean, yeah. I just think it's case by case, right?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that I would like to adopt that slowing down process because I'm really quick to... because Usually the things that people are asking me to do that I later don't want to do are things that I genuinely want to do in the moment. I think if somebody asks me to do something I really don't want to do it, I, for the most part, can say that. So I'm just thinking about the times when I agree to do something. I think it sounds like a great idea. And then later I'm like, I don't want anything to do that anymore. Is it still okay for me to, you know say hey, I know I said I would do this. I'm not feeling it and I don't want to be there and do it halfway. Kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and I think that if you're a chronic flake, then people are going to just know like oh, that's <laughs> that's cat. But if this is something that is not normal for you yeah. and they respect you, then I think it's understandable. Which how many more days until your wedding, by the way, which speaking of people committing to come to something because I am a bridesmaid so I will be there rash or no rash but thank the lord my bridesmaids dress is a high neck yeah well mine's not a high neck so what if I get your rash I don't think it's a contagious thing I think it's mental okay physical
1: something within my body (laughs) okay well we're 25 days out right now which is right around the corner RSVPs have been sent in so
0: didn't you have like over 100 people that had not RSVP'd
1: yes I feel like this was partly my fault because we had to end up like texting and getting a hold of all those people to get everybody's RSVPs in. But what I I did two things that I think are maybe not as normal in the wedding invite world. One is I made my own own invitations and I didn't want to spend a lot of money on them because I just didn't care. So I didn't create this like cute thing that was like tied together with a bow i just like threw in the invitation and then instead of an rsvp card i made business cards that had a qr code on them that you would scan an rsvp so the business cards were cheaper that was so weird to me it was less expensive to get a business card and just put whatever i want on it than to order an rsvp card they just put wedding labels on things and they're more expensive anyway I think a lot of people didn't find that card in their envelope. And then I think a lot of other people don't know how to use a QR code, which is very surprising to me after COVID.
0: Yeah, you would think that like, okay, we've hit that point where everybody knows what to do if they see a QR code. I feel like that's very um, forward of you. <sighs> see, word. my brain's not working, so I don't know the word. I don't know what word I want right now, but, you know, it's like, a very... New age? Future of you. No, not new age, because that would be like woo-woo. This is oh. like, you know... Tech forge, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like savvy, like how like, you know? What's you know. <laughs> this new age QR code in here, and what am I
1: supposed to do with it? <laughs> new age. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I do have a list of things that you should never say to your partner, and this is according to therapists. And Kat, you are a therapist who's marrying a guy who's never been to therapy. But I would, I'm going to go over this list and see how you feel about it, and make sure that you and Patrick are in a good spot. So you don't ever end up saying these things. And I do think that this is for partners like romantic relationships. This could be for friendships. This could be for work relationships. So just because you're not married or getting married, these are still going to apply to you. So generalizations, we want to stay away from those stuff like you always or you never.
1: Yeah. Are you guilty of doing that? Yeah. I'm sure that I've done that before, but I actually really believe in that said that to not do that because we do that to ourselves right as same way like I always do this or I never can show up on time and that's not usually true and it's just very shaming so I feel like that one I'm pretty good at I will say most of the time you do this or it seems like this keeps happening instead of those things Well, so then that's
0: your recommendation to people. If like, well, if I don't say you never or you always, well, then what do I say? Because some people are used to saying the generalization, even though they know that they don't mean never or they don't mean always. That's just what they're used to saying and they don't know what else to say besides it. So I think, yeah, if you back it up and be like, okay, in my experience with you from time to time.
1: Yeah, you can even say in my experience Of you it feels like this keeps happening or this is happening more than that's happening it's okay to like put your judgment on that but it's also very important to notice that it's usually never never or always
0: now there's uh, deflections which is when you're answering something with a yes but yes but I work really hard on yes and yeah that was the number one rule of improv which that has nothing to do with the relationship. It has to do with comedy and laughter and coming up with things spur of the moment. But why improv has that as their number one rule is you're bouncing off of everybody else in the room. Like someone else has just said something and you need to add to it. So if you're the butt person, you're taking away from what that person just did and inserting. So what you need to do is come alongside and it's like, oh, okay, I see what that person just said and I'm going to add this. And so that's a more fun way to look at it because sometimes you may not necessarily agree with whatever is being said, but there is just something about it being a yes and instead of
1: a yes, but I've never taken an improv class. so I've never heard that. I really like that you're taking away from something. So why don't you come alongside? And I, I think that's one of the skills that I have probably worked on the most throughout becoming a therapist. But it can sometimes be appropriate.
0: Well, if you're using it to deflect, I guess.
1: Right, right, right. Generally, when you're having some kind of conversation or maybe some kind of disagreement with a partner, I think it is really important to hear what they have to say and add your part versus taking their part away because their experience is always, whether I agree with it, it's always their experience and I can't negate that.
0: What about comparisons? You should be more like blank. And this was never an issue in my other relationships. I hate that. Could you imagine saying that to Patrick? What would he do? He would
1: be really upset, like sad. I don't think he would be angry. I think he'd be bummed out that I'm comparing him to somebody that I'm not with anymore. Oh, I don't like that. Even when you said that, it gave me like the creeps. Yeah, but you could say that even in friendships. Like
0: I could say to you, you should really be more like the other cat. Your therapy cat, you should really be more like cryo cat
1: yeah and I would say maybe you should hang out with her more often then
0: good response (laughs) okay last little bunch dismissals you're overreacting calm down or it's not that big of a deal
1: I mean I don't really have anything to say because I I feel as though we should be at the place in time where we know telling somebody to calm down does not in fact help them calm down
0: Oh, I guarantee you there's so many relationships right now where literally they're saying that to each other, calm down, this is not that big of a deal.
1: Well, and it might not be a big deal to me, but it also might be a big deal to the other person. And it might feel like in the moment when somebody's emotions are really heightened and you're trying to force them to use logic about a situation, that's not really possible. So it's more helpful to help somebody calm down, maybe to regulate them, maybe to sit with them or breathe with them versus tell them that they're doing something wrong.
0: Okay, we'll put a bow on the things that you should never say to your partner, friend, coworker, whatever, by me using all of them in one sentence or most all of them from each thing, okay? Uh, So Kat, let's say you just finished saying something and I'm like, well, yes, but you always are overreacting. You definitely need to calm down and you should for sure be more like my other friend.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I would really want to hang out with you.
0: This was never an issue of my other relationships. But what's sad is some people are dealing with that type of communication. This is me speaking to myself as well. I know that in my marriage, I spoke in this way, used some of this language. And you have to work hard to pay attention to your words and know that they matter. And it's like, oh, but when you're heated up. And I feel like men... And this is me generalizing here. I'm not saying always, but I feel like maybe I'll say it this way. Women are often the ones that are on the receiving end of calm down or you're overreacting and potentially
1: even in the workplace. A hundred percent. And I was going to say a lot of those things, we've all done them, all of them, multiple times. They don't think that when people put out these articles or lists, it's to shame anybody, it's to help people realize that they might be doing those. And that might not be helping. And we're going to continue to mess up every now and then. But it's, I think more helpful to then say, you know what, I just said that. And I know that wasn't helpful. I want to apologize. And this is really what I meant, than just never knowing you said it in the first place.
0: Yeah. And Kat's a therapist, y'all. So definitely listen to her.
1: You have good, helpful things to say as well. You don't have to a there. Uh,
0: yeah, but I'm learning and I don't, I don't want to be the expert, although I am working on how to be a better adult this year, so I'll keep you all posted on how that goes.
1: I'm also interested in what that means.
0: I'll fill you in later, but I'm just trying to be <laughs> more of an adult this year, like learning more, even like household skills and taking care of myself and...
1: You know what I just did this week, a episode on You Need Therapy about like waking up and realizing that I'm an adult and realizing that I am getting older and how sometimes that comes out of nowhere. And there are so many things that as an adult, I just thought I would like snap into or know how to do. And I'm realizing either our generation (laughs) missed that class or... Maybe we assume things about adulthood and people pretended things about adulthood that just were not true, and we need to cut ourselves some slack for that.
0: Yeah, I think I definitely assumed things about adulthood that were just not accurate, but I don't know if it was because people portrayed it or if I just like literally assumed it. Yeah, so here we are, becoming a better adult this year. TVD, stay tuned. <laughs> you said that's a recent episode, so if that interests people, they could go to You Need Therapy. That's Kat's podcast. Episodes go up every Monday and Wednesday. And then on socials, Kat, where can people find you?
1: On Instagram at Union Therapy Podcast and at kat.defada.
0: And I am at Radio Amy. And Kat and I both hope you have the day you need to have. Bye. Bye. Awesome They are, and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude, doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate –